All right. So I want to talk to you today. I know this is Easter and we're celebrating a resurrection. But I want to talk to you today about in order to have a resurrection, we have to have a crucifixion. All right? In order to have a resurrection, we have to have a crucifixion. And so we... I want to share some things with you about the resurrection and about the crucifixion today. Uh, You've got to think about this. The resurrection was literally a man coming back to life who was dead. But it gets even better than that. He resurrected himself from the dead. There were no doctors, there were no nurses, there was no, thank you, there was no ER, there was no, you know, you see, the, the, they get the paddles out. Remember the paddles? They put the juice on them, the lotion, and yell clear. Did anybody ever watch that kind of stuff? Do you still watch it? Okay. Clear. You know, you shock them back. There was none of that. Jesus Christ the God-man, raised himself from the dead. And so we celebrate that today. Now, there's something about that that affects all of us because you and I, the song said it today, all have resurrection in us. We all have resurrection power in us. If we are filled with God's Spirit, we have resurrection power in us. So let's talk about this. Without a crucifixion, there can be no resurrection. I want to talk about miraculous, all right, miraculous darkness. I want to bring out a couple points about the crucifixion here. Miraculous darkness. If you were here this past Wednesday night, we did a little study on the Passover. We talked about the similarities between the Passover in Egypt and Jesus on the cross. Jesus died on Passover. That Passover lamb died in place of that family in Egypt. Jesus died in place of all of us. Jesus shed his blood for all of us. There was miraculous darkness that came upon the earth. And we had talked about there could be the possibility, it was in the notes that there was a possibility it could be an eclipse. Well, I did some more study and some more talking about eclipses, and it probably wasn't an eclipse. Because a, a full-fledged eclipse would happen, it'd take about seven and a half minutes. But there was darkness on the earth for three hours. Three solid hours, there was darkness on the earth. We're going to Matthew chapter 27 today, if you'd like to follow. If you're at home watching this, or wherever you're watching this on the internet, we're glad that you've joined us. Matthew 27, 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Now, in order to understand what the King James is saying here, you have to understand the Jewish day clock. The Jewish day clock, the first hour of the morning started not at midnight, but at 6 a.m. Therefore, the third hour of the day would be 9 a.m. The sixth hour of the day would be noon. The ninth hour of the day would be 3 o'clock in the afternoon, And the twelfth hour of the day would be 6 p.m. And then at night, the Jewish time would go in what they called watches. You would have a watch. There was four watches. Each watch consisted of three-hour intervals. All right? From 
6 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the first watch. 9 p.m. to midnight is the second watch. Midnight to 3 a.m. is the third watch. And 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the fourth watch. So if you ever read the Bible where it says, And Jesus came walking to the disciples on the water at the fourth watch, then he was walking on the water between 3 and 6 a.m. Now that's awful early to be out walking on the water between 3 and 6 a.m., but he was. So to understand that, so now Jesus, so from the sixth hour, which would have been noon until 3 in the afternoon, with the ninth hour, there was darkness upon the earth. It says miraculous darkness. And this miraculous darkness said it covered the land. In fact, I was reading in one commentary that said that there was a pagan uh, philosopher who had written down that he, he noticed and it, it took note that there was darkness at a certain time during their, their time of history. And it coincides with the time that Jesus was dying in Jerusalem. And so... This darkness that's on the land, it's, it's darkness because the creation is recognizing that the Creator is dying. The Bible says that the earth moans and groans. The earth is alive. It says that the trees lift their branches in praise. The waves clap on the shorelines in praise to the Lord. Creation praises Him. Uh, a few years ago, we lost one of our good brothers here at the church, Brother Pete Sutherland. And Pete was telling me about the time when he was in a car accident, and he said, I actually died and went to heaven. He was telling me about that. And he said, Pastor, one thing about it, he said, everything in heaven is alive. The grass is alive. The flowers are alive. The trees are alive. He said, I don't just mean alive like they are here. He said, I mean they have character. They have personality. And he said, in fact, when I walked on the grass, the grass, he said, I was barefooted, the grass pierced up through my feet. He said, really? There are things that he told me that I had to scratch my head. Really? And then as I started to research some things and started to look into some things, several people had the same experience. A death experience where they went to heaven and they had the grass pierce up through their feet. And so creation is looking at the creator who's hanging on a cross. Creation is looking at the creator who said, let there be and there was. You see, Jesus was 100% man and he was 100% God. The same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis is the same spirit that filled the body of Jesus when he walked on the earth. Because the Spirit cannot die, and there had to be a blood sacrifice in order for there to be redemption for our sins. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so, this blood from this body of Jesus Christ was all human. But inside of that body, it was the body, or it was the Spirit of Almighty God. So there was darkness over all the land. This divine darkness, not an eclipse. And so, now, the next thing was this, the veil was torn. The veil was torn. Now, in order to understand this, in the Old Testament there was a veil in the tabernacle that was between the holy place and the most holy place. And this veil was was anywhere from 18 to 24 inches wide. 
Only one time a year could a man, a priest, a high priest, enter into that most holy place. He could only go in there one time a year. He could only visit that place on the Day of Atonement, on the day when Passover took place, on the day that the sacrifice was made. And that sacrifice rolled ahead the sins of Israel another year. And then again, that high priest would not visit there again until the next year. And then the next year, and then the next year. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn. It was ripped in two, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one, from top to bottom. He said, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Now, first of all, why did it rip from top to bottom? You see, God is into detail. God is into order. God wants to bring order into our lives. He wants us to get rid of our corrupted, torturous thinking. You know, I talk to people all the time. I talk to people who who are drug addicts. I talk to people who are on meth. I talk to people who, who've lost everything. I talk to people who've who came out of addictions and are now walking with the Lord. I talk to people who are depressed. I talk to people who are poor. I talk to people who are rich. For each of our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God has a plan and a purpose. And so what he did was that no man could say, well, I put a tear in the in the veil of the temple and I ripped it in two because this temple was Solomon's temple and the veil was extremely tall in this magnificent building that in order for it to rip from the top to the bottom it had to be a divine act God wants to do a divine act in our lives God wanted to show in this divine act from the top to the bottom that he was now bringing into existence something that all of us could benefit from because you see, the, this veil kept man away from God. This veil shut everybody out except one man, the high priest, one time a year. That veil kept all of the common folk out. That veil kept all of what we call normal people out. All of us just plain old normal people who just exist day to day. You know, we're not Harry and uh, what's your name? Uh, Megan, you know, they all fawn over Harry and Megan, and then 40 years ago, they all fawned over Charles and Diana. 40 more years, they'll fawn over somebody else. And guess what? We're all just people. We're all just normal human beings. And so, this veil that is, is rent from top to bottom, and the earthquake and rocks rent, rocks split. Rocks busted wide open. Jesus said this uh, when he came into Jerusalem. He said, if these hold their peace, if these children, these people that are saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, don't say that. Don't worship me. He said, the rocks will cry out. Because there is a there is an, an intimate relationship between the creation and the creator. But now let's go back to this veil for a minute. This veil. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Paul asked this question. He said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Now, 
that word temple there comes from the Greek word naos. And that Greek word naos means the inner sanctuary, the holy place, where the Ark of the Covenant dwelt, where the high priest went in one time a year. And so that high priest went in there one time a year. But now that the veil is ripped open, everybody has access to the presence of God. Everybody has access to the Spirit of the Lord in your life. You see, that's what the Ark of the Covenant inside of that holy place represented. It represented the presence of God, the Spirit of God. When Jesus died on the cross and resurrected 50 days later, we're going to celebrate it in seven weeks, seven weeks from the day. You see if I'm right or not. Seven Sundays from now is going to be called Pentecost Sunday. Because you see, 50 days later after a resurrection, the Lord sent His Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50th. He sent His Spirit, and His Spirit indwelled the believers. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That's what the Word says. Amen? What am I saying? I'm saying that veil was rent, allowing all of us access into the glorious presence of God. The same power that the high priest felt on that one day a year is the same power that I feel every day. Because I have his spirit in my life. I walked into my office today. I walked. I, I go to go in my office and there's, the door is open and there's people sitting in my office. So much for a holy sanctuary. Amen. It was ginger in there. Well, you were in there. Well, I didn't, you know. I'll help you through it, honey. She says, I feel like sometimes she's, she thinks she's my mom. And I am older than her. This is how she greets me. I hope you don't ever get greeted like this. Where's your tie? I said, it's in my closet with the other ties. Well, it's Easter. And I said, every day should be Easter. Seven weeks from now, it'll be Pentecost Sunday. I was working in the church one time, and we had a special evangelist come on Pentecost Sunday, and he looks at the pastor and he says, is there anything you want to do special tomorrow? It's going to be Pentecost Sunday. And the pastor looked at him and said, every day is Pentecost Sunday around here. Because we want the Spirit falling every day. Amen. Don't we, Nikki? Want the Holy Ghost falling every day, every Sunday. Last Sunday, Nikki got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say God is creating a lifestyle for us to live in His presence. If you are not living in the glorious presence of the Lord on Monday and Thursday and Saturday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Sunday, guess what? God has that for you. You can get up every morning with the presence of the Lord in your life. You can go to bed every night with the presence of the Lord in your life. Hallelujah. You can live a life that is full of the presence of God seven days a week, 24-7, 365. Amen? Give the Lord a hand praise if you got something on that. Every day you can live for the Lord in His presence. In His presence. 
So that veil that was ripped open said, no longer is just one guy, one time a year, allowed in my presence. God was saying, I'm opening this whole thing up to everybody. Everybody. If you do any investing or look at investing, you like to get on those IPOs, right? The IPOs. You know what that is? You don't know what an IPO is? Initial price offering of a stock. It's when a stock starts to go, it start, when a stock comes becomes public. And you, the guys who usually get in early are the ones who make all the money, and then they run after all the poor people get in. All the poor people get in money, all the guys, well, they run. What's, what's the Lord trying to do here? He's getting you in on the ground floor of this. He's getting you in on the ground floor. The public army, he said, no longer is it just going to be one guy. He said, anybody can have a hold of this. Anybody can get into this. Anybody. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter, what, you know, how much money you have. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter how bad you think you've been. Amen. You say, I've had preacher, I've had people tell me, preacher, I, I got, can't come to church. He said, I got bad things happening in my life. Well, that's what church is for. The, the church is not a museum for saints. We're a hospital for sinners. Amen. We want people here that have problems. Amen. We want people here that have problems. Because guess what? Only Jesus can fix your problem. Only Jesus can take care of it. You can make lots of money. You can have an education. You can have a great career. You can do all sorts of things. You can drive a nice car. You can live in the right subdivision. But guess what? Only Jesus is going to satisfy your soul. Only Jesus is going to fill that empty spot. And when that veil was rent open, when it was ripped open from the top to the bottom, because God ripped it from the top to the bottom, not a man, he said, now anybody can come into my presence. Glory to God. Amen. Say, yes, Lord. <coughs> yes, Lord. Now, there was a resurrection when Jesus died on the cross. Dead people were coming to life when Jesus died on the cross. Now, this happened within a three-hour span, brothers and sisters. You had darkness on the earth. You have earthquakes. You have rocks. How you like that? Where's Marcus? Rocks. You have rocks. <clears throat> you have rocks busting open. You have the veil being torn in two. And now you have the resurrection of dead people. Resurrection of the saints. Matthew 27, 52, 53 says this, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Now, the Bible, when it talks about saints who are dead, it says they're just asleep. They're not dead. They're just asleep. Why? Because they're waiting on a resurrection. They're just asleep. So the many graves that were opened, and many bodies of the saints... Obviously, it had to be people who were familiar with the other people in that area in Jerusalem at that time and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. There's many people watching all this. There are people, you know what? We just buried. Now, now Vernie, I don't mean anything by this, but you're going to be a dead saint right now. All right? Okay, he said he'll take it for the team. You know? So before all of this takes place... Bernie died six months before. And then after Jesus is on the cross and all this is happening, we see Bernie walking down the street toward Dollar General. Where are you going, Bernie? What are you doing here? You died six months ago. 
Resurrection power. You see, the power of the Lord is not subjugated just to to people who are alive. Just as the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha. Amen. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that God has your back when you're dead and when you're alive. God's going to take care of you all the way through this thing. If you've been called by Him, and if you're here today, you've been called by Him because there's something drawing you to this place. There's something drawing you to the presence of the Lord. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Talking about the saints who get up and start walking around again. Kevin Schultz died a year ago. Holy smokes, he's sitting at the chuck wagon drinking coffee. How'd you get here, Kevin? Resurrection. I just woke up. Rattle, rattle. Power, power. Before there's a resurrection, there has to be a crucifixion. Before there's a resurrection, there has to be a crucifixion. Amen? There was a great earthquake, another great earthquake. This great earthquake was caused by, in Matthew 28, 2 and 3, was caused by an angel. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Oh, now. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, how about that? The angel just rolled the stone away, and he just sat in there. People start coming there that morning and say, how y'all doing? Glad you guys can make it. I've been here for several hours. Rolled the stone away. Knocked out all the Roman soldiers. They're all asleep. Nothing's happening. I've just been sitting here waiting on somebody to tell the news. That he's not here anymore. He's risen. I'm just trying to tell somebody that stone's been rolled away. What does that tell me? That tells me that no matter what the enemy tries to put in your way to keep you down, God can always be big enough to move it out of the way. Amen? Amen. Whatever the enemy tries to do, you know, the devil doesn't want you, the devil doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to be in church. He doesn't want you to be in the kingdom. He doesn't want you to be free. He wants you to be tied up with junk and addictions. He wants you to be tied up with depression. He wants you to be tied up with all the sad things in life. Amen. He wants you to be tied up with all the sad, unhappy junk in your life. He wants you to keep you down. But listen, it's hard to keep a good man down when Jesus is rolling stones away in your life. Amen? When Jesus says, I'm going to roll this stone away so you can go free. So there's a lot more to a resurrection. It's called a crucifixion. And now we've got angels rolling stones away. Let me ask you this. What, what tomb, what situation in your life, in my life, does the devil have us locked into right now? And the stone has been put there. And it's so final, or it seems like it is. It's so final. That's why death is very hard. The Bible says that it talks about the sting of death. Death has a sting to it. Death has a finality to it. Death has a, it's all done to it. This angel's sitting on a stone. He's rolling the stone away. He's just waiting, just hanging out. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. You know how powerful lightning is? Has anybody ever been near a lightning strike? It's not fun. 
I don't know, Ginger, you may remember this years ago when you were a kid. We were down on the farm. Do you remember when that lightning hit that pole? Not more than probably 75 feet from our house. We had a lightning strike. It split the pole. It blew the transformer. My mom had... All you women have it. You all like hanging stuff on the walls, you know? Sometimes, like, you're going to have to get more wall so you can hang more stuff. But anyway, it actually blew stuff off of our walls. Now, we, we, were, we lived in a very fancy subdivision, all right? And our house was very, very ex- exclusive. It was a trailer. Okay, and it it blew stuff from the dining room in that trailer into the living room. That's how powerful that lightning strike was. And when that baby hit that pole, I'll still never forget it. I mean, it sounded like a bomb going off in the middle of the night. Lightning has power. His face was just like lightning. There was power there. All those soldiers that they put all around that tomb to say they're going to steal that body, all of those soldiers, they they had, it's like, man, where did it all go? Jesus is coming out of the grave, and he's like, okay, so there you go. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen now? And all of this, and this little angel drops in. Like in the force of lightning, rolls the stone away. All the soldiers are laying on the ground just like they're gone. You know, when God moves, it's always supernatural. You see, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Okay? We sang the song today, and we said this. Said this since when has impossible ever stopped God? Since when has impossible ever stopped God? He raised himself from the dead. Amen. He died for the sins of all humanity. He died for the sins of you and me before we were even born. Before we even existed, he died for those sins. And so now, impossible is nothing to God. One day, I am going to be resurrected. One day you're going to be resurrected. All of us are going to be resurrected. For the Bible says that if the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. That mortal shall put on immortality and corrupt shall put on incorruption. Amen. We're not going to stay in this bodily form, brothers and sisters. We're going to be changed. The Bible says that when we see him, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Amen. And so God wants to put this power inside of you, this resurrection power that will change you one of these days, that will make you a different body, that you'll be able to walk through walls. You'll be able to think, I want to go there, and you'll be there simply, but you'll get teleported. Yeah? You're going to think it, and you're going to be there. I'll be spending most of my time in the South Pacific or the North Pacific. Amen? All right? Why? Because you're going to have a body like his. Jesus had a body that they could touch, but yet it could walk through walls. Didn't have to use the door. We got that waiting on us. 
That's all getting planned. Since when has impossible ever stopped him? There's no situation. There's no circumstance that you're going through. No, nothing that the Lord cannot take care of. Amen. He's in the business of doing miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since when is impossible? Give the Lord a praise. And I'm just about done. The napkin. Everybody say the napkin. The napkin. On resurrection morning, John chapter 20. We're going to look there. John chapter 20, verses 6 and 7. It says this, oh my. Then come a Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher to see the linen clothes lie. So they've got a resurrection going, and now they're going to check out and see about the linen clothes. So the linen clothes are over here all by themselves. And the napkin, everybody say the napkin. That was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Now, this is very interesting. Okay? This is very interesting. Number one, it does this. It disputes that the, of the, the idea that the body was stolen. Because if the body would have been stolen, nobody's going to take care of the linens and set them over here real nice. Amen? Some of you, even when you're not getting stolen... You still don't make your bed or pick up your dirty clothes in the middle of the floor. I'm not, I haven't been to your house. Don't say the pastor's been. No, I just, I'm telling you. It happens. But all of this was all neatly, uh, neatly put together here. It wasn't like they grabbed the body and threw off the linen, the grave clothes, and off they went. So that disputes the fact that they say that somebody stole him. But here's what's interesting about the napkin. And it's like this. When temporarily leaving the table, the napkin is neatly placed on the seat of the chair, signaling that the diner will return. See, you didn't realize that. I learned all kinds of things about napkins. You didn't realize that. So that tells the waiter or the waitress when they come by and they see the napkin here in this spot on the chair, not over the arm of the chair, not on the back of the chair, on the seat of the chair, that the diner is not finished and they will be returning. Anybody getting this yet? So when the napkin... I'm done. When the napkin is sitting over here, He's saying, I'm not finished yet. I'll be back. Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You see, what he was saying there with the napkin was this. I'm dead, but don't count me out. I'm not gone because I'm still got some things I have to do. And now, then just 50 days later, he pours out his spirit on his church. And now the spirit of the Lord, through the power of what we call the Holy Ghost, the Lord living inside of us, 
has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And people are being filled and birthed into the kingdom. And people are being brought into the kingdom and being filled with God's Spirit. Because why? He said, I'm not done yet. I'm coming back to get y'all one of these days. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? God's got a plan. God has a plan for each of our lives. And today we celebrate a resurrection and we're thankful for that resurrection. Yes, he wants a resurrection. He, yes, that's how they cry. They moan, they groan, they cry because they want a resurrection. One day, brothers and sisters, you can be resurrected in your body. But here's the other thing. You can be resurrected to a new life now. You can have a good life now. You don't have to wait for a resurrection. You don't have, you say, Pastor, I've done too many bad things. No, you haven't. Since when has impossible ever stopped him? Since when has impossible ever stopped the Lord? Amen? Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Napkins folded. Napkins set aside. I'm coming back. It's going to be all right. Let's close our eyes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone in this house today. I thank you for them being here. Lord, you knew that they were going to be here, and you knew the word that you were going to give me to share. And so now, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that every heart would be touched in the way that every heart needs to be touched, Lord. I pray that, God, every life would be touched in the way that only you know and that person knows how their heart needs to be touched. For, God, we live in a world full of disappointments and sin. We live in a world full of bad things happening. We live in a world full of things pulling us down, weights and pressures, things depressing us, things discouraging us. But, God, you went through it crucifixion and a resurrection so that we can have new life. And I just give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus for that. I thank you, Lord, for doing that in our lives. And I just pray today, God, that something that has been said, something that has been felt, something that has been touched will take root in our spirits. Let it take root in my heart today, my spirit, my mind, my heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray all this. God, fill us with your power. Forgive us of our sins. Take away those things, Lord, in our lives that keep pulling us back down the slope of sin and the, into the muck and the mire. Lord, move in our lives in a special way. Cut away those dead things in our lives that you're not pleased with. Cut away those things that you're not happy with. And, Lord, begin to put in us since when has impossible ever stopped you, Lord. It never has and it never will. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You keep hope from the beginning to end your word. Because you are alive.
Jesus, you are alive. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. We're going to sing that again. If you'd like to come and pray for a few moments, you're more than welcome to. This front air is open. song. 